Hello and welcome. It's the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films, everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. And these get released onto wherever you get your podcasts every Tuesday. Today, we're talking about making historical action swords and sandals epic feature film. In this case, of Gods and Warriors, starring Terence Stamp. I am Giles Alderson, producer of horror comedy A Serial Killer's Guide to Life, director of the vampire documentary World of Darkness, and director and co-writer of the psychological horror film The Dare. I'm also in prep for my TV pilot, which I'm going out to Sweden very soon for. And I can announce I'm now the producer of the new feature film, Cassette, which has been directed by Marcus Harbin and being produced by Steve and Tracy, those wonderful guys behind Anna and the Apocalypse, and soon, The Nobodies. So that's very exciting. Very exciting indeed, and I'll tell you more when I can. Here's a question for all the filmmakers out there. We all know that an editor is one of the key creatives in a film. Have you really understood the power of editing? Well, that's what the Power of Editing evening course offered by our friends at Raindance is devised to do, to make you understand the role of an editor and what they can add to your project. Learn how the director works with the editor before, during and after production. Understand and make sure the edit runs smoothly. If you want to discover the mysteries of post-production, make sure to join Raindance London on Thursday the 19th of July at 6.30. That's this Thursday. Is that this Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> that's this Thursday the 19th of July, 6.30. And remember, you can get 20% off when booking with our exclusive discount code RDPODCAST20. That's 20% off. That means you can attend the course for just £46. That's incredible. Any directors out there want to learn about working with editors, editors want to learn about working with directors, it's just 46 quid. What have you got to lose? Get involved. Raindance are brilliant. Booking link is in the show notes. Right, joining me as co-host today is the brilliant director of Stalled, Freak Out, and the very soon to be released Fanged Up. It's Christian James. Giles. Hello, How you, mate. Buddy? How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm very excited about this fanged up news. We've been talking about it for so long about when it is going to be released. Now we have, we have, we have. finally I think got a date. Of, I think one of our first podcasts was was fanged up related. Do you know what? It was nearly a year ago. It wow. was the, our anniversary is the nineteenth of what are we what are we July. doing for our anniversary? Uh, we're going out for dinner, me and you. Just you and I. No, no, <laughs> well, actually, no I mean, Dan. I mean, I'm going to be in Sweden, but um, <laughs> no Dan and Roger. No, you yeah, and exactly. I. Yeah, yeah. Dan <laughs> has just um, transported the, the the lion called King from its little cage in Paris. I see. Yeah, I've been seeing it on Facebook all the way from... across to um, to Africa, and it's now yeah. free. It's a wonderful. Uh, um, it's if you haven't checked that out, go onto Dan's Facebook page and look at his videos. What a hero! What mm. a hero! Um, so anyway, so he won't be there for our anniversary either. Andrew Roger is... I was going to say, is he not joining in Sweden? Wait, do? when's he... There? Oh, hang on. He's going to be there with me. So me and Andy can go out for a date on our anniversary of this podcast. Can uh, you believe we've done a year, CJ? A year. I know. It's mad, isn't it? Uh, mad. So anyway, so fanged we up. We were talking fanged up. up. Yes. So um, details to follow. Basically, yeah. just go on, on Twitter. Yeah. And at Fanged Up Film, not mm. Fanged Up Movie, at Fanged Up Film. That's the official uh, the official account at Fanged Up Film, yeah. and that will keep you abreast of uh, all the release details. It's getting a small theatrical. Uh, details will be on at Fanged Up, at Fanged Up Film, mm-hmm. um, and it's released on July thirtieth. I think it's a day and date uh, DVD. Might be DVD theatrical, then on demand, coming very shortly thereafter. Um, that is so exciting. So yeah, any day. anyone who's listened to this podcast over this last year, support CJ. Thanks, go guys. Download that film. Go, go, it, go, watch, go it. watch it. Go to our screen cinemas and go watch it. It's a really cool vampire film. And the great news is, CJ, right? Yep. Next what? couple of weeks is going to be a fanged up special. That's right. We're going to get a few of the, hopefully, schedules permitting, get a few of the the cast on and uh, have a chat. They can all uh, talk about me. And uh, you yeah. know, spread spread the spread the uh, gossip news uh, and the smear campaign can, can the begin. The smear campaign yeah. and the positivity around that. <laughs> <smear campaign>. 
Oh, amazing. So, Fanged Up special. Uh, we'll talk more about the release on there. Now, today's podcast. Let's get to it. Um, oh, no, wait. Before we get there, CJ. What? We have to do our segment called the Indie Filmmaker Shoutouts. Okay. Oh, yes, do that. Yeah, cool. Of course. We, we support indie filmmakers. Of course we do. Like ourselves, like we're supporting the Fanged Up uh, release, like we'll support the Dare release. Of course we will. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, obviously we, we do shoutouts for filmmakers like ourselves. And we shout out about screenings, kickstarts. So if you've got them, send them in to at filmmakerspod or me at Charles Alderson. But this week, I wanted to shout out people who gave us some extra love for last week's show on screenwriting with Johnny Grant and Namita Kabbalas. And those people were Kit Grissom, Sarah Thomas, Matt Brothers, Whoop. Brian Barnes, Diane Knight and Logan Austin, who messaged us the following, CJ. Check this out. He wrote, I'm ready. Just started tuning into your show. It's fantastic. The amount of information about the film industry that you discuss on the show is so eye-opening. This podcast is definitely going to help me grow as a filmmaker. Thank you. No, no. Thank you, Logan. That means the world to us, and we hope we can keep inspiring you and many others. CJ, how, how, how did that feel to hear that? Tingly. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. no, nice to know that uh, that we're inspiring other people to do the same. So uh, hopefully, some of these people come back to us in a couple of years, going, oh, "I actually did this, and I got this yeah. going." And, and thanks to you guys, or, or in part thanks rather, not entirely to us, but you know, part in thanks to you guys. You know, I was inspired to do X, Y, and Z, and now I'm here. So, and that is the point of this. That's, that's the whole why point. We yeah. To do this, so yeah, um, so we can keep going, and you can keep going, and you can make your film, make your film, get out there and do it, and we will support you. So thank you. Uh, and do keep spreading the word about this podcast. If you like us, tell your mates who also might be interested in how to make feature films. And we love all your support. We love it. And we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, thank guys. You. Thank you. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on Podbean, SoundCloud. Or as we're now part of the brilliant people at Podfix Network, you can find us there. Other shows on the Podfix Network include Who Spiked the Puns, More Gooder Than, The Fan, Film Boys, Luke Quest RPG, just to name a few, and The World Cup podcast called three guys one world cup is out and it's brilliant i love it really entertaining we're also on spotify Woohoo! podcasters uk and the brit pod scene of which i am a guest on the latest episode uh, the brit pod scene podcast talking about this podcast uh the filmmakers podcast and filmmaking so if you want more of me talking about filmmaking and why wouldn't you have a listen to their brilliant podcast promoting brilliant podcasts link is in the show notes Giles, I haven't listened to that yet. I've put it on my notes to listen to. But uh, most importantly, do you talk about me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll listen to it then. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. So let's moving on. Okay, today's guest. <laughs> cool. Let's get to today's guest. Right. Joining us today to talk about indie films and his brand new film, Of Gods and Warriors. It is David L.G. Hughes. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Absolute pleasure. Real pleasure. So y you you've told me in the, um, in the emails we, we passed backwards and forwards that you're in Sweden right now. Yes, yes. Hence, hence the hopefully not too cackled skypline. But yes. yeah, no, I, li I live about sort of 20 minutes outside of Gothenburg. Uh, which is to say I live, you know, about a million miles from civilization. I, I, we've got a little wooden house down by the sea. And, um, you know, it's, it's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful place to, to write and to edit, which is, of course, you know, the vast majority of this job. Um, yes, uh, but, and, and also you kind of, you know, you get left alone to sort of crack on with it. Um, I sort of moved here three or four years ago and I kind of realized that, you know, with Skype and email and, and phones and what that, what have you now it's kind of the, the need for for me personally to be in london w w was was not as great as it had always been uh and it was kind of i had a very very young family and it was a it was a nice place to raise the family you know that's perfect i mean because it, it is true and it's something we talk about on the podcast a lot is that if over half if not 90 percent of your time is trying to make a film maybe more maybe 95 percent the time it's trying to make a film or a TV series or an advert or a promo. And then the other 5%, maybe up to 15, you're actually on set doing it. So the rest of the time, you should be somewhere where you're enjoying it. You're somewhere by the sea, somewhere, you know, like CJ lives, you know, it's, it's a nice place to live with your family. The cave is lovely. Thank you, Giles. It's yeah, we've decked pleasure. that quite nice. Good. It's important. It's important. All right, let's do a little background on you, David. Um, so everyone who's listening knows who you are a little bit. Okay, so after film school, 
where he won a Fuji Film Scholarship for screenwriting. Congratulations. What was that on? Uh, that was a, that was for a short film. So basically, the, the kind of all of the film schools back in the day when when, when Fuji film stock was a thing, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, they used to they used to essentially uh, fund each film school uh, to make a film to, to make a movie, and and I was lucky to win one of the scholarships. Wow. Okay. Great. Great. And, and within that, you ended up working with Darren Aronofsky, Roman Polanski, and Guillermo del Toro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, what happened was we had um, my film school. I was lucky enough to go to Bournemouth Film School, which was absolutely a terrific experience. Same as CJ. Oh, there uh, you go, CJ. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that in a minute. We'll, we'll touch on Bournemouth, but God, this is too good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. and then, you know, as you'll know, CJ, sort of the graduation thing is to have a uh, your your end of year show at uh, at BAFTA. Yep. My year that we did it, BAFTA was shut, so we actually had it at the Empire Square. Because they, they would invite industry people to the screenings, you know, to, to come and see the little movies. And I was fortunate enough that uh, I was offered a job uh, starting the next day uh, working in movie trailers. Um, and I couldn't take it because I was I, I didn't live, didn't live in my I had family in Spain. Uh, so I was going back to Spain for the summer, like a dope, you know, not knowing anything straight out of film school. I thought, oh, there'll be 20, 30 offers, you know, <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing to worry about. I said, well, I'll take it. But, you know, I, I, I'm going back to Spain to have my, uh, going to have a, a month in Spain. And then fortunately, for just for whatever reason, they didn't fill the slot. And I sort of came back and said, I'm back now. Um, so I can start if you want. And they were, they, of course, they're rolling their eyes at me. Like, you, you won't believe it, but we haven't actually filled the slot. And so I, essentially I went straight from film school into, into cutting um, and writing and producing movie trailers. Anything uh, of note that you, anything we might recognise? What's your uh, well, fame I, trailers? I, yeah, I, I won the Screen International Trailer of the Year Award for, the, for Chris Morris's Four Lions. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. 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 So that, that was a lovely experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, and then I, I, I did the, uh, and we were lucky enough to, to get some awards for it. I did the Itumama Tambien trailer. Yeah, um, yep. yeah, exactly. But what I was mostly doing, because I found it more interesting, uh, and also they kind of left me alone to do it, is I was doing a lot of sort of sales promos, and which was be- very beneficial for the for the career going down the line. So I was working on sort of independent movies that um, that were trying to sell themselves at the film markets, be that AFM, be that Cannes, be that Berlin. And what I was basically doing was sort of two, three, four, five. 15 minute versions of the mm. movies to take to take to the market to sell to international distributors and through that i was fortunate enough fortunate enough to to work with roman polanski we were uh, i worked on on the pianist uh, i went to new went to new york and worked with darren aronofsky on the wrestler oh, uh, i did two or three movies with guillermo i did uh, i started with the devil's backbone yeah. Uh, I did wow. P- Pan's Labyrinth, which was a wonderful experience. Uh, and then I did some of the movies that he executive produced, the, you know, films like The Orphanage. Oh, The Orphanage and is things, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, so I, I had sort of, I, I, it was kind of this amazing sort of finishing school where essentially I'd go and have a week or so in the editing suite with directors that, you know, would blow your minds. And you've actually got them at a point where they can actually breathe and have a little think. Yeah. Because, you know, they've done one or two passes of the movie right now uh, and they can give you a bit of time. You get to hang around, stay in the rushes and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was like this most amazing finishing school, but also kind of also this opportunity to open your eyes to the realities of, you know, what independent filmmaking is like. So, you know, to put it in perspective on the pianist, which would obviously go on and win the Palme d'Or and it would, you know, win the Oscars and all this kind of stuff. When I came to it, they'd run out of money. So they had shot like the first hour or whatever and, and they, and they'd run out of money. So I had to, from the first hour, cobble together like a sales promo and they took that to Cannes and on the back of that generated enough sales to finish the movie, you know, and this, <laughs> and it's kind of, it was a good eye opener and realizing, okay, you know, if, if, if directors of this caliber with however many decades and whatever, you know, they have to do this kind of stuff, you know, you, you've got to be prepared to, to get ready and you've got to be prepared to fight, you know? And it, so it was, it was creatively an incredible finishing school, but also kind of from a, a reality point of view, it was, a, it was a great finishing school too. Wow. I, that's, I honestly sounds incredible. What great way to start in the business to get that first hand experience. Incredible. Um, and what was a Guillermo like 
What was he? What was his work process when working with other people? Just, you know, I mean, it, what there was one thing that all the very, very, very best directors had in common that I that I work with, you know, and I, I've worked with you know quite a few, and the one thing they all had in common was they were incredibly generous. They were credibly. They assumed if you were in the room, you had something worthwhile to say, and they were always ready to listen to that. And I would say that's the one thing all of them had in common. Nobody was nobody was yelling at you and telling you what to do at this level, which often often uh, would contrast with uh, first and second time directors and directors who maybe weren't at that kind of level. Mm. The very, very best directors I found were great listeners, wanted to take everybody else's ideas on board. If those people had better ideas than they did, that's what would end up in it. And if that idea inspired them to come up with something better, even better still. It's, it's, I find that fascinating. I think it's very true. I think the ones who often get angry or upset with people, the ones who aren't sure of their own position or don't feel confident or, um, yeah, maybe aren't as talented. So they take it out on other people and blame other people. And that's a perfect example. Of what you said there is those guys who knew exactly what they're doing, the best of the best, they didn't. They just encouraged people to to join in. I love that. I think everyone mm. should take something from that and bear that in mind with whatever you're doing. I think collaboration is key. That's really interesting. I, yeah, no, and it, it was you know it was it was it, that was probably the most important thing to learn. You know, to, to surround yourself with people who are you know you know ideally way more talented than you and can make you look good. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Oh, amazing! <laughs> so you went from there, and then you made your so so basically yeah. Film. So I was yeah. I was working I was working at, at the time I was working at sort of Europe's largest film advertising agency. I did like ten twelve years uh, in Soho, and then I kind of uh, all the time I was kind of scribbling away, scribbling away, trying to you know the the, the, the dream was always to make my own movie, right. uh, movies plural, you know, and I was scribbling away, and and one of the one of the producers that. I fortunately enough made a, quite a few movies for was a lady called Margaret Matheson and Margaret mm. Matheson has you know produced she produced all of those great Alan Clark TV movies you know Made in Britain with Tim Roth The Firm with um, Gary Oldman Scum of course with Ray Winston you know all, all those big 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 movies yes. she produced uh, she produced Mike Lee's first movie you know, she produced uh, Sid and Nancy, you know, you know, a whole swathe of music movies that we've actually heard of, uh, you know, she made. And I, I made a few trailers for her and we got uh, she was always very kind with me. She always had time for me. Like I say, going back to the, you know, the very best filmmakers always have time for, 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 for other people's ideas. And anyway, I, I, she was she had an office in Denmark Street and I was on Bateman Street. And, you know, cheekily, I sort of rang her up and said, look, I, I, I've written a short film. Uh, and it was like the first thing I'd written that I didn't think was terrible. You know, I'd written this short film. Is there, is there any chance that you'll you'll take a look at it for me? And, mm. and Mark was very frank, and very honest and very, very terrific. She said, I'll read it, but there's absolutely no way I'll produce it because I don't do anything to do with shorts. So, so I sort of, <laughs> you know, I, I, I ran the script around this straight away, you know, dropped it through the letterbox. And, uh, and fortunately enough, 20 minutes later, she rang me. She said, I thought it was terrific. I'll produce it for you. Oh, my word. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, bear in mind, you know, we did it for like 150 quid on a HTV camera, you know, over a few days and all this kind of stuff. But because suddenly I had Margaret Matheson involved, mm -hmm. uh, we were able to get Paul Freeman. You know, we were able to go send the script to Paul Freeman, yeah. uh, who is, of course, you know, Probably best known still for for Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost uh, Ark, Bella, you know, so was, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it was like, suddenly it was like Margaret Matheson is producing this short film as opposed to some lad that you've never heard of who spends his life in a basement in Soho cutting movie <laughs> trailers. And Paul read it and loved it uh, and said he would do it. And at the same time, uh, a composer that I work with and have always worked with since my trailer days, Tommy Morrison, uh, his kids went to school with Ian Hart's kids. And Tom is this kind of fearless 
German guy who will ask anyone anything. And he took the script to the school gate and oh. handed it to Ian Hart and <laughs> said, look, would, would, you read, would you read the script, you know? And I said, we'll, we'll never hear from him, you know, Tom, we'll never hear from him. But anyway, literally a couple of days later, the phone rings because my, my number was on the script. And Ian rang me and said, I'll do it. Oh. I said, we've got no money. We got Nobody's getting paid. He said, I oh, know, I'll do it. We've got 150 quid for the whole thing. I'll do it. No problems at all. So they both gave me a week of their lives, essentially. And then with Margaret's backing and whatever, we put together a crew and, and, and we shot this little short film. And and as was the, as was the way then, you know, we put it out on iTunes and, and it was really, really successful. It's, I mean, it's spent... Correct. I'll have to do the maths again, but I think we had like two years in the top ten of the UK charts, and we had a wow. year in the top. You know, the only films that the, at that point that were selling better than us were the uh, the Disney and the Pixar little animations and the short film things. You know, we were like we were the best selling sort of live action thing, so we were doing really well. That's that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, you had Michael Riley ended up coming on to produce it. You had other cast members, Anna Walton, who's amazing, and Adrian mm. Boucher, who I did Shakespeare with about 20 okay, years ago. Okay, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Adrian did a day for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and Anna's a lovely lady, lovely lady. So and good. Then, so, yeah, so, so I, I made this little short film for 150 quid, mm-hmm. and then I was absolutely convinced, you know, because we sold, you know, 20 copies on iTunes or whatever that, you know, that everybody would come knocking on the door and offer me a hundred million to, to make a movie. Um, and then a couple of years after that, not happening, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I thought, well, what have I learned from, from that short film? I learned that if, if you write parts that are good enough, you can get really, really high quality actors to give you maybe, you know, three, four, five days of their time. So I kind of used that logic and came up with, uh, the script, for my, f- my first feature film, which was Harbour Suites. And again, we got, uh, Margaret was on board. Again, we got, uh, Paul and we got Ian. And the idea was it was a kind of ensemble movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't need more than sort of any more than five or six days from any of the actors. Uh, and we kind of pulled it together that way. And we made a feature film for about 25k pounds. And then we, we, f- we flogged that to Universal. And it was a wonderful little sort of, you know, closing of the, of the ring little moment for me is because you know as i said the the film screenings when you leave bournemouth are usually at bafta but that year bafta was closed for me and i made a little sort of promise to myself i said i'm not we had hours at the empire leicester square and i made myself a little promise i'm not going back to the empire leicester square until i take a film of my own there <laughs> uh and luckily you know we got two or three cinemas across the country to show harbour suites and the Empire Leicester Square was one of them. So I got to take my mum to the Empire Leicester <laughs> Square and see a feature film there that, you know, and, that and, you'd um, made. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that we made. So that was, that was great fun, you know. Oh, well done. So Hardboiled Sweets is out now, which we just talked about there. Do go check that out. It is a brilliant, um, even though it's billed as a crime thriller, it's much more than that. And it's very interesting. Um, you talked really briefly about selling that film and it sort of came out. And obviously you made it for, you know, 25K. Yeah. Talk, just talk us briefly through that before we get on to Of Gods and Warriors, of how that came about, because it's not easy to sell a film. It's not. And, you know, again, it was it was the, the kind of finishing school of, of of movie trailers and sales promos helped a lot. Right. Um, I've got a very, very close collaborator, um, a buddy called Anders Bungard, who, who does a lot of... Um, animated graphics, posters, that kind of stuff. He, he, he runs his own company called Claw, K-L-O-R. Um, and we've worked together for a lot of years. And for Hardball Suites, Anna's put together a whole series of wonderful, wonderful posters for me. Uh, and I use my sort of trailer skills to make a trailer. Mm. Uh, and with Anders's graphics, and we kind of use that to kind of get ourselves a really good sales agent. Um, and because without a sales agent, you're going to be in heaps of trouble. Yep. Um, and fortunately, you know, we, we got a sales agent to take on our little movie and we took it to Cannes, uh, and, and Universal picked it up there, you know, so, so it was using those, you know, the kind of the industry savvy that we picked up from years of, of, of just making the trailers and the posters and stuff like that and using it to our advantage. And actually it's something that we, we sort of thought, well, actually 
we used that knowledge and took that a step further for, for the, for the next project, actually, for Of Gods and Warriors. And we thought, well, look, let's go the whole hog here. Let's do the poster and the trailer first. Take that to can and see if anyone's interested, ah, you know. Good idea. And, and that's exactly what we did. Cause I was kind of looking for a project that I could do in Sweden. I wanted to, I was, I was just about to have, uh, my second child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to find a project that I could work on here in Sweden. Um, and of course, you know, in Scandinavia, I figured Vikings. Um, sure. so we, so, so we made a trailer. Um, Tom E. Morrison, who, who's written all my music, um, he wrote the score for it. Sarah Dean, uh, who shot Hardball Sweets. And would go on to shoot of gods and warriors did the uh the cinematography uh but apart from that it was pretty much an entirely uh and, and anders did all the did the posters and did all the 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 animated graphics and all that kind of stuff but apart from that it was kind of an entirely swedish crew swedish actors everything everything was done locally and, and my hope and my plan and and the ambition was to to show with sort of two two and a half minutes that the skills and the talent was here to make a commercial movie here being being in the Gothenburg region mm-hmm. to make a commercial movie was it expensive to because uh, it sounds sort of pricey getting all the people over and the actors that we'll all give our time yeah and we'll make we'll make this trailer and if the trailer comes together and we can get a deal then we'll make the movie and the same people will make the movie that that was the hope you know and that was always the hope yeah so we kind of did it we spent a week i i made friends with the local uh viking reenactment guys mm-hmm. um and, and and we i went into the the woods with two or three real local actors and the viking reenactment guys uh and we shot this trailer for a movie that didn't exist Hmm. Um, and we took that, we took that to Cannes, you know, and this, so, 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 so I'll give you an impression. We took, we shot this just over three and a half years ago. So you, you get, you get the impression right now that it wasn't plain sailing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, so, so we, we shot, you know, it was a great idea. We, we took it to Cannes and, you know, we produced a really, really high quality, you know, the post production, which was all done here in, in, in Gotham was of the highest quality. I did have some friends in London help me out with some VFX work and stuff like that. Um, but it was, it was, you know, 95% of the work was done in Sweden and it was absolutely, absolutely terrific. And three days in Cannes, I'd shaken deal with a studio to fund it, with a sales agent to take it on board and with a, a VFX company out of Belgium to do all the VFX work. Uh, and you know, we thought this is just, this is so easy. This is, we're, we're geniuses, you know, we're absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and then, you know, 18 months later, we were still waiting for that handshake to turn into a signed check. Wow. You know, cause I came to that point and I realized, look, I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a producer who really knows what they're doing. Uh, because you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a nuts and bolts producer. That's not, that's not what I'm going to do. No. Um, so I need a producer. Fortunately, the, I was introduced at Berlin to a wonderful producer called Andy Ryder and D came on board at that point uh with, with with her company and her partner Ian that run Misfits. And although that kind of funding went away, Dee and Misfits stayed with us, as did the sales agent, Clay Epstein, who's been absolutely fantastic, and mm-hmm. as did uh U Media, the, the VFX things. So so only 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 one of the three things disappeared. You know, unfortunately it was it was the money. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but but yeah, but out of that, you know, I I, I I got myself a really, really wonderful producer. And the plan was still to do it in Sweden. But what, what became apparent over these 18 months is that, um, there was absolutely zero interest from Sweden in giving us any funding. They've got a very tight knit world over there. As you know, I'm doing the yeah. TV series there and I'm in talks about doing a couple of films as well. And it is very tight knit. They kind of yes. want people who are Swedish for one, which yes. kind of makes sense. It's very different to the UK and you have to be on a conveyor belt. And that's the, like a four-year process of starting your development at the beginning. So I can understand it, but it is mm. very frustrating. Mm, absolutely. And what's what? what so in, in a combination with the reality that we were never going to get a penny out of Sweden, mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that the Swedish sort of unions are incredibly strong, mm. which means it's insanely expensive to shoot out there. So at that point, we realized that, you know, we were going to have to look elsewhere and we looked everywhere. You know, we, we, we looked at New Zealand. We looked at Eastern Europe. We looked at all, we looked at Canada. We looked, you know, we looked at all sorts of places. And in the end, 
thanks to the help that we received from from Northern Ireland Screen and and the love that the guys have over there in no small part to Game of Thrones to to, to genre material like 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 we were trying to pull off uh we ended up shooting the movie in in Northern Ireland you know and and had a a really really terrific experience doing it there and we shot it there last summer and then literally i mean it's about a year ago today we were shooting uh and in a few days well in what are we looking at 10 days time i think because it's the 9th of july now on the 19th of july uh, we're all heading down to uh to the west end to have our have our little premiere you know amazing yeah let me just uh tell everyone what it's about and then i'll play the trailer so a Viking princess is forced to flee her kingdom after being framed for the murder of her father, the king. Under the guidance of the god Odin, she travels the world gaining wisdom and building the army she needs to win back her throne. Grain by grain, a loaf. Stone by stone, a castle. Warrior by warrior, a kingdom. She's just a girl. I'm a warrior. I'm a trained warrior. You have learned all I have to teach you, princess. I thank you for the favor. I may one day ask a favor of you in return. Truth has one color, a lie many. I will be your new king. The one true heir of Volsung is a queen, not a king. You flatter me. I came here not to flatter my queen. I came here to fulfill your destiny. A woman? The gods would never allow it! Maybe the gods can stop me, but no man will! It's so exciting. It's so full of energy and life and swords and sandals. You know, it's that kind of vibe of a movie. How did you go about making something on the budget you had, which is swords, which is VFX, which looks as good as it does for the budget you had? Well, I think, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's a lot of things. And I think a lot of that is, you know, to, to go back to what we were saying earlier about you know, the, the, surrounding yourself with with people who are smarter than you to make mm-hmm. you look good. You know, yeah. and and you know, if you just jump on IMDb and look at you know look at the HODs we've got, you know, from the stunt team to the costume department to the to the production design, you know, uh, to, to 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 the cinematography, you know, you'll see that we've got some really really incredibly talented people. But not only that, but they're, they're, they're people who are used to always punching above their weight. Mm. You know, they're, they're people who, are, who have made, you know, they've made bigger stuff, but they've also made smaller stuff work on, on a smaller budget. So, so, you know, that's, that was absolutely vital. Okay. But I would say in terms of, in terms of achieving the scale of the movie that we did on the budget that we had, there was, there was one thing I think above all that really, really contributed to that. Cause essentially we treated the movie like we were making a contained thriller. Um, you know, a contained space thriller, that's which sounds nuts, which sounds no, nuts, great. right? So you see mm. all this stuff that, you know, it's all outdoors and whatever. And the reason we were able to do that is because we found a farm in Northern Ireland with 300 acres of wild woodlands and that essentially became our kingdom um so rather than making a contained thriller in a warehouse we made a kind of epic movie on one farm you know so we had 300 acres of 
different types of woodlands. So, so, so we could walk 10 minutes in one direction, have one kind of woodland, 10 minutes in another direction and have something else, three, 15 minutes in another direction. And we could base everything out of this farm because this farm used to be a kind of open farm. So it was so that, you know, you could have school trips there. So they had a canteen all set up Perfect. and that essentially became, came where we fed everyone. Super, and, love you know, it. we had digs. So essentially it was a contained thriller, but mm. spread out over, over this, uh, over 300 acres of this incredible woodlands. And then all the kind of, so I would say, no, I wouldn't say, I, I could tell you exactly. We had a five week shoot, four weeks were based on this farm. And uh, then we had one week on the road where we would go to the beaches and we would go to the caves and we would go to the, you know, the more exotic stuff. Um, but the vast, vast majority of, so, you know, when you're watching these sword fights in the woods and you're watching the battle sequence in the woods and they feel like, you know, they, they you know, hopefully in the movie, it feels like they, they, they take place hundreds of miles apart. The reality is they're five or six steps apart, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we did it. So essentially we made a contained, uh, space movie, but in a, in, in, in a, not in a warehouse, we did it on a farm. How do you get around problems like, uh, logistics, like weather? Uh, cause obviously in, in Ireland. Listen, we got lucky. We, we, there were days when we got really, really lucky. Day two, cause we, we had a week of pre-production, you know, the budget was what it was. We had a week of pre-production for a movie like this is just insane. Yeah. Uh, a week of pre-production. And of those, those five days, we shot two of them. So actually we got three days of pre-production. So we shot for two of them. And on the second day, we had that there was like a monsoon rain and we we're shooting an action sequence. And what, you know, we're, we're three or four hours to go, which is a lot for, a, you know, when you're shooting a schedule like ours, we just had to stop because actually we were swimming. We, you know, we weren't walking, mm. we were and swimming. And it's ruining the costumes and the makeup. And, and, and this, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and we had, you know, we were in a position where we had wonderful costumes, but we had one of them. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was no you know, doubles. Yeah. There's, you know, there were, there were, there were doubles. There were, we, we, we had, the costumes are terrific, but there was, you know, there were 12 or 14 of these things. We, you know, we had, we had one of them. And when, you know, when we had to bring the stunt, stunt guys in we'd have the pause where you have to you know we've got to swap the costumes over now you know so it was it was so it was that kind of stuff so when the monsoon comes down on day two and we lose three hours of our day oh. and you know we're all looking at each other like oh my lord what have we let ourselves what are we in doing for? yes you know and we did the sensible thing where you know because all of our on the farm we we're also using the giant um because it was it was leslie farm and and the post uh, the production designer, John Leslie, who's, I mean, absolute genius, you know, what he achieved on, on, I, I'd say it was 50p, but in truth, it was about 45. Wow. You know, what he achieved was just incredible. And, and that's, he was that's not the guy from Blue Peter, right? Just so that's not clear. the guy from because just to be clear he, he's exactly, used to making exactly. things cheap right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but we were using things like you know the, the, the sheep bonds uh and and the things like that we're, we're doubling up as 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 studios so we're doing our studio builds the sheep are in the fields you know so we were using where they stay in the, in the winter times to to, to build caves that we could then fight in you know and to Great. build the interiors of the castles and, and mm. stuff like that so what we kind of did we, we we kept all that stuff towards the end so that you know if ever a very rainy day came because of this whole thing the contained space element again we could just write okay we can't we can't shoot in in the forest today so everybody walked 150 meters we're going to the studio our makeshift studio which is the sheep barn you know, and, yeah. and and we did it that way. Mm, move stuff around to make it work for you. Clever. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. And you also had um, an amazing cast. I'll just talk you through these guys. You've got Murray MacArthur, who's obviously did Game of Thrones. Lockhart. Yeah. Uh, Ogilvy, who actually I do taekwondo with. Uh, and he's just uh, great. Locky. Great fighter. <laughs> really cool. Um, you then got Ian Beatty, Will Meller, Victoria Broom, Paul Freeman hey. again. Martin Victoria's Ford. Installed. Yeah, Victoria's installed, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, and then you've got your your lead girl, which was uh, Anna Dimitriou, and you've yep. got Terence Stamp. How did you go about getting these people, especially Terence? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Terence Terence was vital. Terence was vital. Um, and you know, it, it comes that we had we, the casting uh, the casting director who who I had a relationship from. She didn't she didn't do a girl and a gun, but she did come on board for Hardboard Suites. 
So when it came to of gods and warriors, when it came, yeah, I mean, so, so from the beginning, um, you know, uh, I went to Jane and said, "Look, what do you say?" And Jane, Jane, she, uh, yeah, I got this. I remember getting this lovely email from Jane, and she's, I think she was, she was worried I was going to send her another sort of British gangster film or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and she, she she sent me the email. She sent me a text. She said, "I've read the first page. I already know I want to do it." You know? That's great. <laughs> so it was, so it was kind of you know, and it was very clear from page one that it was about this you know very strong powerful uh female lead you know and um and and it was kind of stuff and then jane luckily she liked she liked the rest of it and then we you know we kind of as i said we got the finance came together very very quickly which meant that we could put an offer into terence and terence uh terence is absolutely convinced that he has viking blood in his family <laughs> so i'm sure that helped us uh, and Terrence agreed to do the movie. And then, of course, when the financing fell apart, we were all very worried about Terrence, of course. Um, but Terrence, God bless him, said, no, I'll stick with you. That's I'll so stay good. with the project, you know. Uh, and then, and then we, you know, and then slowly but surely, the rest, it was all, it was all auditions. And, you know, Jane brought a lot of guys in. And, the, you know, Anna Demetria is very interesting in that we, we met a lot of really, really, really brilliant actresses for the lead role. I mean, absolutely terrific actresses yeah and anna anna came Anna didn't have a reel uh anna didn't have a single credit you know she hadn't done any tv she hadn't done any theater she hadn't done any short film she hadn't done anything but her agent and this is where agents are great begged jane to get her in the room and anna came in and she blew us all away wow you know and 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 we had this very very sleepless night because the role is very physical it's it's a you know it's an action-packed role mm -hmm. uh and we kind of we wanted to make sure that whichever actress we cast and this actually went for all the parts whichever actor or actress we, we we cast could handle themselves with a sword could handle the fights and we actually anna and uh, had a little session with lockhart Lockhart yep. came in with Jude Poyer, who was who, who, who was in charge of all the yeah, yeah, in charge of all the stunt him. stuff. Yeah, yeah. and Jude, Jude gave Anna a little routine to learn, uh, and she did a little fight with um, with Lockhart, and we all sighed, breathed this huge sigh of relief. D and I did because you know at this point D and I were absolutely convinced. D, yeah, you're D, like this the is the girl. This is who this we is want. The girl. This Can is the she girl, fight? You know? Please let her Can, be able please, to look good. Please, you know, and she was absolutely terrific. Because yeah, it makes it does terrific. make such a difference because people can look good on screen, but suddenly you put a sword in their hands or you you give them a prop. yeah, and it's a wet fish. Yeah, it's a wet fish. You just and you're like, oh no, and you're over. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead in the water. You totally. know, it's, you don't have a movie. You know, it's so, kind of so. It was great you know, that you cast it that way, but I suppose you had to. You had to sort of go. We've got to get them all with swords in their hands if they've not done this before. Yeah, and you know, and we did the same. I mean, you know, we we did the same with with Will Meller. We did the same with Ian Beatty. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they they kind of, they did the audition and they were fantastic. I mean, the, the, the sort of, you know, they, they were absolutely terrific. And then we brought them in and we, we did a, we did a fight test for them. You know, we, we called them back and we did a fight test. Great. And, and as good as they were as actors, if they hadn't been able to pull up, because, you know, on our budget, you know, they had to be able to do it. So, um, and luckily they all did, you know, and, and they all delivered. And I think when you see the movie, you, 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 you'll, you'll see how good they are. You Absolutely. Know? Um, and you talked about the, the fighting there and the, the fight scenes and, and Jude sort yeah. of working with you on the action stuff. How, how, yeah. tell our, to our listeners how that happens then. How do you go about choreographing that and, and where you're putting the camera when you're thinking about it? Yeah. Well, we, we kind of, for the, for the, main thrust of the shoot uh we did it in uh jude's sort of hong kong style so what mm -hmm. we would do is because there was very very limited time and a very very limited budget uh jude would kind of he, he would take the script and then he would previs with his team he'd do these kind of elaborate previses with the team yeah. um and then we would we would work from them as they, and then we would kind of go off and and shoot the real things we bring in the real crew and then you know as would be, always be the case you know there, there would be a case of you know they'd often be overly ambitious and we couldn't actually you know achieve everything and, and then you know and sometimes what stunt guys can do and real actors can't do and you know there'd be little sort of things to do and you'd, you'd work stuff out on the day and this that and the other but we were relying very very heavily um initially for the um on the kind of the pre and 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 that kind of stuff and i think it it really helped a lot 
it really helped a lot in terms of showing the crew what we were trying to do and, mm. and, and getting all that across. Uh, we kind of rehearsed the hell out of it, you know, and, and rather than sort of relying heavily on, on stunt guys and stunt doubles and stuff, we did one sequence. And this, this again comes down to, to Anna Demetrio and just how, how she took to the fighting and all that kind of stuff. So we did sort of one, one action sequence where it's 100% her fighting. And that was all about showing, you know, showing the audience that it's her on screen every, every frame of it and all that kind of stuff, you know, cause if you over rely on, on stunt doubles and stuff like that, you kind of, I, I get, to, I worry a little bit that you, that you're not seeing the actors do it. And a lot of the time it's about, you know, for me it's about the emotion on faces as those swords are swinging at them and, and mm. all that kind of stuff yeah the reactions and, and, sell it don't they it's the reaction yeah exactly you yeah. know and making sure that we had that and i wanted to try one fight which was which was a hundred percent Anna and, and, and no stunt doubles and stuff like that. And so, so I, I got to experience because I hadn't done any action before this movie. Uh, so I got mm. to, to, got to experience both extremes, you know, and, and, and to, um, to work in both ways. And it was, it was really, really fun process to do that, to see both sides of it. Now you've, 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 you've made it. You're editing it, I imagine, um, along with, no, it's just you, right? Did you edit the whole movie? I, I edited the, I edited most of it, yeah, yeah, but we did bring in once, once it, like, like with all these things, that once I, once I hit the wall, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's important to bring someone in there. So now you've got your finished film. How yeah. did you then, obviously you got some pre-sales already. How did yes. then it get the release it has now, um, with our screen? How did you go about that? Well, one of the, one of the, uh, the pre-sales we did, was uh was for the uk mm-hmm. uh with a company called 101 uh who 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 don't do theatrical releases you know so so we knew that going in you know right. we, we needed we, you know we knew that going in but they were also incredibly supportive from the you know we we met them uh they're incredibly passionate great bunch of guys and we thought you know we we want to work with them um and then when we went to them and said look we, we think it were it's worth a little a little stab you know, and they, they'd already committed to, to doing a, a big premiere, a London premiere for us. They said, well, we'll give, we promise we'll give you a big, big, big London premiere and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we went to them and said, we, we found again from my composer, Tom, who had got me Ian Hart, you know, uh, I found a, a PR company called the film label. Oh, the, uh, of course. Nick Yeah, Sadler, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nick Sadler. Tom from his music connections knew Nick. Uh, and Nick's got this kind of, uh, music label way of doing things you know a kind of different way of doing it so we went to one and one and said look we found these pr guys uh how about rather than spending all the money on this lavish um london premiere we give them some pr money and see if we can't get a little you know can't get it into a few cinemas and and see if we can't make go for a little run with it you know and and fortunately you know as i say 101 have been super supportive they said yeah go for it uh and you know we've put a load of stuff together we put put together a bunch of uh q a screenings across the country and very very fortunately they started selling out quite quickly you know we quickly sold out birmingham and manchester uh and london and chester and and so they're, they're actually growing now so we've got more screenings in in birmingham and we've got moving to bigger venues in manchester in london in chester in belfast uh and we're adding more and more screens so it's kind of happening in a, in an organic way you know it's and it's a combination of using our social media because you know i started from when we when we made the trailer in sweden three years ago uh, a, a facebook page and a twitter page and an instagram page mm-hmm. uh, but also you know martin ford will meller anna ian Beatty, these guys you know supporting the movie pushing the you know pushing the movie on their social media and and, and helping us sell the tickets you know so it's a combination of all those things ah oh, see that's great and it is it's actually really important to get your cast involved as much as you can like say they might live in different areas around the country and suddenly you couldn't well one of them's from birmingham great well you can sell in birmingham get them to do a q a you know it's 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 vital and it's really important that you um keep your cast involved 
uh, and anyone who can help sell the film, I think it's vital. David, there was a, a, a sort of, uh, I don't know, what stage did you change the title from Viking Destiny? Yeah, okay, so here, here's an important lesson. Here's an important <laughs> lesson. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and we're, we're talking about this now, Dee and I, on another project that we're, that we're working on, is that Viking Destiny for us was always a kind of Ron Seal working title yeah. that would, you know, does exactly what it says on the tin. And it was, it was, it was useful for when you're trying to sell it in an international marketplace when you're trying to you know trying to give the pitch of what the movie is in 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 two words or less because it kind of sums it up uh but we always felt it was you know a little little we we didn't love the title right and we were always going to come up with with a different title but by the time we finally agreed on a title that we that we we loved of gods and warriors that actually is a truer reflection of what the movie is the, some of the other distributors that had it for the rest of the world were like, well, no, we, we quite like Viking Destiny. We want to keep Viking Destiny. But we're like, no, we, we love of Gods and Warriors. Luckily, as I say, you know, to go back to how supportive 101 are, the 101 guys were like, no way. We love of Gods and Warriors. That's way much, way sounds way more epic. We'll go with that. But, you know, a lot of the other guys are like, no, we like Viking Destiny. It's nice and simple. We get it. We get it. You know? So it's basically so called it's, different so names in different countries. It's going to be called Viking Destiny. Um, everywhere else and of gods and warriors in the uk yeah so the uk is getting the release that we want special, but, uh, but special treatment yeah but we we, we know we're, we've just got accepted into a into the marbella film festival so we're going to play the marbella film festival in, in october we're going to play that as of gods and warriors so i'm, I'm pleased about that right. um in other words don't take to market a title you're not in love with right because <laughs> you might end up getting stuck with it because it's <laughs> happening to us well david honestly this has been fantastic thank you so much uh, i reckon we could talk with you all day about this oh, um, it's been really fun i've enjoyed it super super so of gods and warriors is out on the 19th of july in the uk and as viking destiny in the rest of the world or the us it's out end of july yeah, absolutely. And as I say, so there's a, it's a select, it's going to be in a select number of cinemas, um, across the UK from the 19th of July, yep. which, and all the, all the details are on our screen. But for everybody else who can't get to one of those screenings, uh, the home end release. So, you know, whether that's, whether that's iTunes, whether that's DVDs, Blu-rays, whatever, it will be in stores and everywhere else from the 30th of July. Amazing. Right, so you can pick that up on the 30th of July. All this will be in the show notes as well, so you can see where you can buy it or pre-order it or go watch it in the cinema, which is the best place to watch any movie if you can. So where can people follow you, David, on social medias? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, So but it's the same for Instagram as it is for Twitter, at David LG Hughes. Super. And your website as well, or the website for Of Gods and Warriors uh well actually the, probably the best place to go is facebook forward slash of gods and warriors mm-hmm. uh or instagram which is uh of gods and warriors at of gods and warriors and as i say every week uh our lovely listeners go there now and like it go to his twitter page and follow him you've listened to him he's given you his time so please do that it means the world to us all that you know you keep up with him as well as what he's doing um, why not is what I say um, you can follow me at Giles Alderson you can follow the Filmmakers Podcast at Filmmakers Pod CJ where can we follow you me at C James Direct on Twitter uh, etc and also uh, at Fanged Up Film that's at Fanged Up Film um, uh, everywhere and again go there now if you're not following yeah. already go follow right it now. Okay, remember the rain dance deal. We've got the uh, 20% off RD Podcast 20, and that is all about editing this week. So if you enjoy listening to this, please like, share, and subscribe to us on iTunes. So, David, thank you very much for joining us on the Filmmakers Podcast. Thank you. It's been an absolute blast. I've enjoyed it, gents. Likewise. Thanks, buddy. Real pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot. Indeed. So we'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, stay well, work hard, and try to take another step forward to making your indie film. Goodbye and take care. Bye. Bye.